Oh, wow. Before we get started today, I'm just going to oblige myself here on the old the old antacid tablets uh, label removed, I think you know, because I needed to see something from the Steelers' offense, from the Steelers' defense, to not make me have to use these. I'm Corey Christen. That is usually Chris Halleck. I haven't seen him yet. Probably because... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Listen, there guys. Guys, there he is. Sorry, I almost didn't show up like the Steelers didn't do yesterday. Okay. Sorry wow. about that. Wow. Sorry. I'm not I'm not hot take artist. I don't want to be. God. And I don't think this is hot take artist at all. Awful. That was a capital D destruction of the Pittsburgh Steelers that we saw from the San Francisco 49ers. Good it afternoon, was... everybody. Good afternoon, everybody. This oh. is the South Side Beat. Win or lose, we are here every Monday through Friday. From 3 to 3.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on DK Pittsburgh Sports, we proceed, of course, the Ramon Foster Show, which you will hear uh, Ramon Foster and DK in about one hour's time. 30 to 7 was the final score. It felt like 90 to 7 with the way that the Pittsburgh Steelers played. I would say, Chris, 51 out of 53 Pittsburgh Steelers players played terribly if they didn't, if they suited up. Two of them being yeah. TJ Watt, who had three sacks and looked like TJ Watt. And Anthony McFarland, who ran a few kicks back and looked pretty good. That's yeah, it. yeah, That's it was it. it was a it was a really really awful game. There's there's just a lot of ways you can you can dissect this one, and you know let's just go ahead and just get this one out of the way. Kenny Pickett was just awful. It was his worst game as a Steeler. I might say the game in Philly last year might be kind of kind of up there. It was a pretty bad game, but it was a it was a it was a bad game. It was just a lot. And the thing, the thing that, that with Kenny, that was so concerning wasn't the fact that he missed a lot of open throws, like, like easy throws that, that any, not, not just a franchise quarterback, but that, that an NFL quarterback should make. That's don't get me wrong. That's concerning. The problem is, is that he looked rattled and that's not, well, we talked about this last week about how Kenny of all the things that he has, those intangibles, can get you through a lot of stuff. The, the ability to shake things off and to stay composed and to stay confident, even when things don't go your way. And this is the title of the episode, a reality check. This is a reality check that what we saw in preseason, that's why we don't try to overhype what we see in preseason, because we knew they were going to be playing a really tough roster and God, they got they got smacked in the mouth to let them know, hey, listen, this isn't preseason anymore. You got to bring your A game every single time. You can't miss open throws. If even Pickett hits one of those early throws, just one, especially that 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 crosser to Deontay about 15 yards downfield, even that one, that's a third down conversion. That's a huge gain because Deontay had a lot of room to run afterward. Mm-hmm. Who knows what happens? I think they were down 10 nothing at that point. Who knows what happens? At that point, mm-hmm. it, they go down, they get three points. It's a one score game. They go down, they get a touchdown. It's a three, it's a three point game. Any like momentum is such a big thing in football and God, it was just, it was bad. It was bad. Mm-hmm. And those intangibles that we talked about with Kenny, the, the being looking rattled, looking off, looking like the weight of the world was on his shoulder. That's not, that's not going to fly with him. This is the most level headed take I've heard all day today coming from B Phil in the YouTube comments. It stinks the Steelers did not compete, but not everyone on the schedule is as good as the 49ers. That's true. Very yes. valid point. Yeah, it Very is. Very valid, level-headed point. 
let's yeah. break that down into two segments. And yeah. we're not going to talk too much about the 49ers because, quite frankly, they did all their talking on the field. Yeah, we don't need to. The 49ers Christian McCaffrey, I'm not going – I, I don't <laughs> yeah. even have stats pulled up. I don't have yeah. any, you know, numbers to quantify anything because I saw what I saw out there. Yeah. The 49ers out physical. They bullied. They ran by faster. They, they were just on everything. every level better than the Pittsburgh Steelers were on Sunday. Yeah. And no, the Steelers did not field a competitive 53-man roster on the field on Sunday. They did not. Kenny Pickett could not complete the forward pass. He did not have one yard of total offense until the second quarter, later in the second quarter, more yeah. than a yard, rather, of total yeah. offense. The only drive that I can that I could seriously say felt good in that game was the two-minute drill before the end of the first half. That's I don't even want to hang my hat about. on that. You can't hang, hang my... your hat on that. No. You can't <laughs> hang your hat on that because that is situation two-minute football. They're Check playing... that as a positive if you want. They're playing but, a prevent defense at that point. It's at, But everything else, Kenny Pickett could not complete a forward pass. He looked rattled. He looked shook. He yeah. looked scared, dare I say, in some ways. Yep. And this was an overall, I mean, I don't think it is a stretch to say this was Kenny Pickett's worst game as a professional. No. He looked unprepared. Yeah. He looked, again, scared to throw the football in some situations. And he was running for his life at some points. The offensive line, here's the only stat I'm going to bring to the table today, Chris. Yeah. Pro football focus grades just came out not long ago. The yep. three worst performers on the Steelers' offense were Mason Cole, Isaac Siamalu, and Dan Moore Jr. Dan Moore yeah. Jr. graded a pass-blocking grade of 22.8. Yeah, I didn't know there was a number that low that existed for <laughs> PFF's grading scale. He yeah. was graded as the worst offensive tackle in football, yeah. right or left, from mm -hmm. week one. And keep in mind, he had help from Darnell Washington to block Nick Bosa. There were times where Darnell Washington single-handedly oh, handled yeah. or pancaked Nick Bosa. Yeah. So this wasn't even just about Nick Bosa, like had a TJ Watt kind of day. Yeah. This was an all-around systemic destruction of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I actually thought, like, for the most part, like, Bosa's going to get get in there. Like, you're not going to completely neutralize him. But can you kind of limit his impact? And I thought, like, when it came to, like, the two best players on the field, both being TJ Watt and Nick Bosa, TJ Watt was more of a game record than Nick Bosa was. The, the problem is, the, the, or the difference, I should say, is the 49ers executed across the board. I mean, every single position on the field, all 11 players on both sides of the ball consistently executed their jobs. The Steelers did not. Um, I, I hate to like go back and say, oh, well, they didn't look prepared or anything and put it on the coaching staff because ultimately those players have to go out and make plays. They just sure. have to. And sure. there were and it's not like there weren't opportunities. They were absolutely opportunities. Mm -hmm. We go to Kenny Pickett for, for like the big ones because obvious missed throws. I think DK in his column calculated seven surefire misses just straight and up overthrow underthrow way I'm way round yeah. throw awful throws awful i'm just throws. now starting to get into the film and uh, you, uh, um <laughs> your favorite barber already said it um it's it's gonna re it's gonna hurt rewatching this game it already has been mm -hmm. but one thing that i'm also looking for and i'm i'm, I'm gonna do something with this later on on dk pittsburgh sports maybe in a couple days once i get through it all I'm going to really go through, uh-oh, we lost Corey. <laughs> we lost Corey. 
it's all right. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll get him back. We'll get him back. Um, there he is. Do you know what's crazy is if you click, like if you slide on your trackpad. Yeah. If you slide on your trackpad, you just exit the page. So I'm back. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> no, don't do that. But, Bob um, brings up a point here. Bob brings up a point here. He watched his last Canada game yesterday. Here's yeah. the thing, Bob. No, you didn't. This one's not on Matt Canada. Not oh. to cut you off, Chris. Not entirely. Not entirely. This one's not entirely on Matt Canada. I just, okay. So here's the thing. No, this is not entirely on Matt Canada. Let's just, let's, uh, again, Kenny was bad. Kenny was really, really bad. The offensive line was bad. There was a lot of blame on the field to be, to go around. A lot of blame. However, I still have major problems with Matt Canada's offense. And just in the very, very early stages of me breaking this down, and I'm thinking about how, how tedious I want to be with this. Like, do I really sit here and try to draw up every single play that he did just to see what the route trees look like on every single play? I just might do that mm-hmm. because th- there were certain plays and the play to me that really that stood out was the interception to Deontay. A poor decision by Kenny. Deontay mm-hmm. was his number. It was his first read. He went off of that because he was covered like, okay, good. Then he went back to him very rarely do good things happen when you go back to your first read whenever you initially went off of them. That's just not a good decision. But the rest of the routes were not good. The entire offense moved to the right of the field with nobody going left. You're then sucking the entire defense over to a smaller portion of the field and giving yourself less space to do to do things. Why? Mm-hmm. That makes no mm-hmm. sense. So, mm-hmm. yes, there are still problems with Matt Canada's Matt Canada's schemes. It's just, it's not, he's, he's, oh, it's bad. It's bad. Um, this, this is the comment of the day so far uh, from <laughs> that's, Jim Everett. <laughs> from that's bad that Kenny was Jim Everett. And the only response I have to that is you mean Chris Everett wink. If you know oh, what I'm talking geez. about, no, if you don't. know what I'm talking about, then you know what I'm talking about. Um, there was a really good point coming across it again. We're live on YouTube three to three 30 every Monday through Friday. And, in real time, we're seeing comments come across. We're seeing your reaction, your takes. And there was a really good take, a rock-solid take about one week ahead from today, Monday Night Football. Um, they will have to face another really good pass rush in Zadarius Smith and Miles Garrett that if you saw highlights from the Browns-Bengals game, by the way, Browns destroyed the Bengals 24-3. Yeah. So if they did what they did to Joe Burrow, to Kenny Pickett, it's going to be another rough day at the office. Yeah. Miles Garrett was doing Allen Iverson crossovers over the top of the the zero gap, over top of the center (laughs) pre-snap in the first quarter. If you think that man's not ready to come in here and feast on Dan Moore and feast on Chooksakor for or Broderick Jones, it depends on what happens with Chooksakor for. Mike Tomlin said he's in the concussion protocol, and we saw Broderick Jones get a couple of snaps. I think it was four, and then Dan Moore moved to the right side at the end of the game. So regardless of who's playing tackle or guard, they're going to have to face probably maybe a top five. Well, definitely a top five. One of the best in the NFL as far as pass rush is, pass rush is concerned. And it's going to be this all over again in a matter of one week. To, to be fair, and, and, and there's not a lot of optimism after yesterday, but to be fair, Dan Moore has typically done pretty well against Miles Garrett in the past. As as inconsistent and as much you know complaining as we can do about Dan Moore, um, 
like I said, he's typically done pretty well against Miles Garrett in the past. And so he might go ahead. I mean, I'm not I'll be shocked if like Tomlin like pulls the plug and makes Broderick Jones the, the starter at left tackle this week. I'm just saying that like if he goes out there and craps the bed again, I have to watch my mouth there for a second, craps the bed again, like then, okay, we might need to start taking a look at it because listen, this team can't get off to another two and six start again, especially if they do go oh and two. It's not the it's not the absolute worst thing in the world. Obviously, you don't want to do that, but then you have the Texans and Raiders and back to back weeks after that. It's flipped. It's Raiders and Texans. And those are both road games. So those are very winnable games against two play- teams that will not be in the playoffs. If you lose either one of those games, regardless of what happens in the first two games, those are those are those are some serious issues. And so, um, oh man, Christopher, oh Christopher Gallo, yes, dude, Dan Moore was really bad. He was he Dan was Moore bad. was really he bad. Yes, he was really bad. Now it wasn't all Nick Bosa either. It was no. it was a systemic breakdown, is what it was. The the Steelers' best offensive lineman yesterday, and is this arguable? Was Chooks? I mean, I I genuinely don't know because that line was broken down on all levels by this 49ers defense. And a ton of credit does go to them. A ton of credit does go to them. Yeah, it it is. So we we know the 49ers front is is like it's great. I mean, they got Nick Bosa, they got uh, Armstead, you know, Armstead, they got uh, Javon Hargrave, you know, they got a lot. But they were losing. I mean, the 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 first run of the game, you know, Isaac Samalo and Mason Cole double team a, a backup. And I don't even remember remember what the what the dude's name is, but the, the, I mean, mm-hmm. it was, uh, he's a backup, and he gets through, and they left Fred Warner unblocked. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you lost a double team to a to a backup, and you yep. left Fred Warner unlocked unblocked. So mm-hmm. like, okay, was that was it schemed that way to not block Fred Warner? Because if it was, shame on Matt Canada, and if that was a busted assignment, then shame on Mason Cole and Isaac Samalu for not picking that dude up. Mm-hmm. It was bad. By the way, by the bad. way, how about Fred Warner blowing up Najee early in the game, setting the tone right away? Yeah. The Steelers did not run the ball often, and I know they had to play a lot of catch up, and they had to play from behind a lot, and that's going to contribute to that. But even then, other than that twenty-four yard run by Najee Harris in the two-minute drill, nothing from the run yeah. game, virtually nothing. They, Trevor, it, it, it didn't even look like they were trying. It didn't even look like they were trying to establish the run. And this is the no. team that, like, from the very beginning, from the from the early stages of the offseason, from the time that I sat in the room at the table with Art Rooney II, pretty much saying we are going to run the football back in Jan- like that. Football. That was back in January, and there was no like nothing about trying mm-hmm. to establish the run, and. It's not like you should be coming out run first down, run second down, throw on third down every single time because you can't do that. You have to be able to mix it up. Mm-hmm. But when the first run of the game is a jet sweep, and listen, okay, just on the whole jet sweep thing, I already did the math on this. It's on DK Pittsburgh Sports. I can share the I might drop the link in the comments later so you can see. Yeah. The jet sweeps were not as bad last year as people thought they were. They just no. weren't. The the no. stats prove it. However, the first run of the season should not be a jet sweep to Calvin Austin. It just shouldn't. Mm-mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> Trevor brings up the cornerbacks. Yeah. Levi Wallace. No, he did not have a great game. And Patrick Peterson. I didn't see him in the locker room today, but I'm assuming he's diagnosed with foot and mouth syndrome after what he said about Brock Purdy in the 49ers passing game. 
No, he did not intercept Brock Purdy twice. He did not intercept Brock Purdy once. In fact, he gave up three catches on five targets, and two of them were touchdowns. One of them was an absolute ankle breaker by Brandon Ayuk that Pat P fell in the end zone on. And the other one was Brandon Ayuk out-muscling, going over, and getting the football away from Patrick Peterson on a wonderful toe-tap grab. Patrick Peterson has some foot-in-mouth syndrome going on today. And that's, you know, when you open your mouth and talk, yeah, Brock Purdy's play does up. the talking. Yeah. You know, he's the one that that backs it up. So, <laughs> look, you know. What a comment. Brock Purdy has to tell. He told Pat P where to, yeah. I mean, <laughs> listen, listen. I know, I know today might be a little hot because of what happened. Yeah. It might be a little hot because of what happened. And it's acceptable to be hot over what happened. It really is. Yeah. But. The fact that we're sitting here, look, I picked the 49ers to win the game. I'm maybe the only one in the city that did that. I can't even take a victory lap today. I can't because right now there's very little to be positive about what the Steelers are, what they did. Now, the only positive that I, there's a few positives. TJ Watt was a positive and he looked like, yeah, yeah, TJ looked like TJ. Yeah. Number two, this is the toughest defense the Steelers will face all year, period. Yeah. Number three, this is this could be the best team that the Steelers face all year, offense and defense. Mm-hmm. So now it's an easier, per se, matchup against the Browns. You would think there's going to be adjustment. You would think there's going to be a little bit more success, at least, in the offense. I mean, you can't get any worse, really, than yeah. what we saw on Sunday. So while it might be right now all doom and gloom, there is there are things to be a little bit positive about And I'll say this. Remember what I said Friday. Today, we were going to feel something about the Steelers. And the title of the show, A Reality Check for the Steelers. What was the tone going to be about the Pittsburgh Steelers on this day, in this moment, after Sunday? Was it going to be competitive? That's what we thought it was going to be. It wasn't. Nobody projected a blowout here. Maybe there was an inkling that this could have been. But nobody thought this was going to be a blowout. So the fact that it was, and everything went wrong... It, it's 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 multi-dimensional. It's game plan, it's scheme, it's execution, it's design. And now the Steelers have to regroup in totality with, yeah. by the way, five key players being injured in the game, and then two more if you want to add it today. I was in that locker room an hour and a half ago. James Daniels, Miles Boykin, and walking boots. So yeah. it, the Steelers are now banged up. A suddenly healthy team is now banged up. I wrote the story on DKPittsburghSports.com. This defensive line has to regroup immediately with Joby coming back from a foot injury, Cam Hayward with a groin issue, and Leal with an arm issue. That's mm-hmm. That depth is suddenly thin. So guess what? Nick Chubb's on the horizon. Good luck. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. And um, th- there's there's one other thing that, that came from the – the locker room on Sunday that really kind of stood out to me. And and I'm really not trying to get on the whole bash Matt Canada thing, because like I, you know, to reiterate before I even say it, there's a lot of blame to go around on the field yesterday. That doesn't go to Matt Canada, but the problem that the the one thing that I saw in just in terms of play calling, that's still a problem is it's like the Steelers try to use third down as the only down where they try to get a first down. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Robinson pointed that out and actually I'll go ahead and pull up the quote just so that I don't misquote him. And this is, this is Alan Robinson. This is, this is a member of 
the Steelers offense who said mm -hmm. this. Why you bring so, that quote up? Why you yeah. bring that quote up? I'll bring a comment up here from Trevor. Are yeah. we going to have Chooks against the Browns? I would rather not have Jones's first start uh, be against Miles Garrett. Now keep in mind, Miles Garrett moves around, and they have Zadarius Smith, which is a very, very good tandem. Yeah. And I would say, as of right now, I would expect Chooks to be back. But obviously, there's a whole week of practice. There's yeah. an extra day of preparation. The concussion protocol is the concussion protocol, and Mike Tomlin talks tomorrow at noon, so we'll find out more then. But that's just yeah. the just the guesstimate as we sit here on Monday is that Chooks should be ready to go, and if he isn't, then I would expect Broderick Jones to start at left tackle and Dan Moore to start at right tackle. Yeah, that that would probably be the the the, the plan if Chooks can't go. But here's here's that quote from Robinson where he said, you know, for us, it's just about being able to move the chains, being able to stay in manageable situations, being able to get first downs on first down and to get first downs on second downs and not having to wait until third down a lot of the times. Now, this is Allen Robinson. Now, I don't think he was absolutely taking a shot at Matt Canada there or anything, but it needed to be said and for it to be recognized by one of the players on the offense, like that is a problem. And it's not just a run, run pass situation. What kind of pass plays are you drawing up on first down? What kind of pass plays are you drawing up on second down? Why are so many passes near the line of scrimmage? Mm -hmm. Why? Like, you know, not saying that you shouldn't throw the short passes. Absolutely. You should, but mm -hmm. try to do some short passes that get guys on the run and can do something after the catch. This is the problem that we saw when everybody wanted to hate on Deontay last year for not running after the catch. Well, man, it's because a lot of the times when he was catching the ball, a lot of his routes were bringing him back toward the line of scrimmage. That's not mm -hmm. a, a, a player issue. That's a, you know, not executing his route or executing the pass. That's a, that's a scheme issue. Those, those, those instances, those schemes are still there, and that is the problem overall. Or even if Kenny goes out there and plays a flawless game next Monday night, it still might not be enough unless Matt Canada does more to get the ball to his receivers where they can do something after the catch. Because watch what the 49ers did yesterday. They did that. The Steelers didn't, and the average time to throw between Brock Purdy and Kenny Pickett was almost identical. Almost mm -hmm. identical numbers. So it's not like, oh, it's it's bad. It's really bad. You know when I sensed something was wrong? Nah. At the coin toss. At the coin toss. <laughs> the Steelers won the toss and received. Yeah. I, I was actually, like, I was I, surely like, oh, they'll defer. That's what they do. No, they I received. I liked it. I honestly, like, at, at, in the moment, I liked it. I really I don't did. Wanna, I don't want to spend too much time in the coin toss, but that's just, you know, no, a sign. But, a sign of things to come. But no, like, so I, I kind of understood that. It's like, okay, listen, we're going to, we're a confident football team right now. We're going to take the football. <laughs> Your favorite part, I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch it either, man. I don't, I don't want to mm -hmm. watch it either, but yeah. they, you know, they take the ball and they're like, listen, we're going to take the ball first. We're going to go right down the field. Like I, I like that mentality. The problem is, is that they had that mentality, went out there, and did like the most conservative first three plays they could possibly a do. A big thumbs down is what that first drive was, and the second drive, and the third drive. And you get my point. It was it was bad all around, and Matt Canada is just as much to blame as anybody else that played in the game. Period. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what this boils down to. Okay, what this boils down to is the 49ers being better. Number one. Yeah. Number two was Kenny Pickett playing his worst football game ever, ever. You know, he looked like the Mr. Irrelevant quarterback, not Brock Purdy. 
Credit, yeah. all, credit all the credit in the world to Brock Purdy, by the way. Brock Purdy looks like a good quarterback, man. I mean, he, even if it's in Kyle Shanahan's offense, he looks good. Forget about the concept of taking care of the football. There were yeah. situations where Brock Brock Purdy showed more feel of the game than Kenny Pickett did. Actually, pretty much all game he did. There was a play I, I specifically remember where Mika Fitzpatrick, all world safety, one of the best ever, like one of the best in the league, right? Not ever, but in the league. Yeah. He had a heat-seeking missile path to Brock Purdy. He had an open field tackle on the 49ers quarterback, and Purdy felt it out, and he evaded ever so slightly, and he got the football out and completed the pass. I can't tell you the situation. I can't tell you the quarter or the down or the distance, but I can tell you that it happened, and that play wild me. That showed me. I said it on Friday. Brock Purdy was a good quarterback. He, he was a good quarterback. He was a huge reason why they got to where they got last year. He won two playoff yeah. games. Yeah, but, but he did everything right. He did everything right on Sunday. You got to give all the credit in the world to that kid. He even, I mean, there were, I mean, the, the, Teresa says, you know, Purdy's a good game manager in that system. Listen, he made plays that I wouldn't call that like from a from a game manager. He made some plays where he had to move. And when he moved, he did what we saw Kenny do in the preseason. He moved and kept his eyes downfield, locked on to either Ayuk or whoever else and found them and hit them with an accurate pass. I mean, that's not game management. That's making a play on your own. That's when the play starts breaking down, get out of the pocket, keep your eyes downfield, make a play. He did Mm -hmm. that multiple times. Kenny didn't do it once, you know, it's just, or if he did, he did it when, when the game was already way out of hand. So Mm-hmm. The one, the one, just so we can turn it because we've done a lot of complaining about the game. We got five minutes left, but I can't even say it was complaining. I think it's just, I think that's just observation at this. Oh stage. yeah, yeah. But at this stage, uh, it's observation. But uh, listen, we know the Bengals are not going to put up three points. And, and yes, I said the Bengals. I'm not misspeaking. The Bengals are not going to put up three points a game every week. No, we know the Browns are not going to shut down a high-powered offense like the Bengals every single week. We know that the Steelers are not going to play this bad 17 games, uh, like no. all 17 games. This Absolutely week. not. Absolutely so, not. And I'm talking about just, I'm mean, literally in all three phases of the game, offense, defense, special teams. It was a bad game. So if there's any optimism here, it's the fact that, listen, it can, it should be able to only get better from here. Um, and it's it's week one. It, it can it can be a bit of a fickle week, mm-hmm. but if you're going to get punched in the mouth the way that the Steelers did, you'd want it to happen now. You want sure. it to happen in that first game because now there's no mystique from the preseason anymore. There's no honeymoon period. There's no whatever from what happened in the preseason. Now it's the reality is there. And it's on tape, and everybody can look at it from all, for for every single player, from the coaching staff, from everybody. It's 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 out there. Like mm-hmm. you you have to get better. Period. And mm-hmm. so today's <laughs> the day. Today's the day where we do this. Yeah. Today's the day where we do this. We rinse yeah. and repeat. We rinse and clean it off. Today's the day. What did they say? Twenty four hour rule. We're about twenty three and a half hours. The uh, big, the big from ter- when the game ended. The big term in baseball is we got to flush this one. We do. We, and, and today's uh, the day we flush it. The tomorrow's the it. day. Tomorrow's the day we move on to the Cleveland Browns. So we start to look at 
the the football team uh at the at Lake Erie. You know, I I wanted to say a, a rude nickname, but I think I'll reserve them. You know, maybe <laughs> for the end of the week. And yeah, it is week one. There's adjustments to make. Yeah. There's tape to study. There's a sobering now of the preseason. We can't talk about what they did in the preseason. We can't talk about what they did in Latrobe anymore as a symbol of this team, as a sign of this team. What we know is right now the Steelers faced the odds-on favorite to win the NFC and looked like a completely different ball club against them. They were outclassed against them. They were outmatched against them. They were out-game-planned, out-physicaled, out-everything that you want to say about what the 49ers did to the Steelers is correct. So we rinse it off today. We come back tomorrow. We start to prepare for week two. Browns and Steelers, Monday Night Football, one week from today. And, of course, all week long, we'll, we'll, we'll be here to break that down right here on the South Side Beat on DK Pittsburgh Sports. DK and Ramon coming up in about, oh, 32, 33 minutes or so. We'll see what time that bell goes off. But for hmm. now, his name is Chris Halleck. My name is Corey Christen. I'm going to go take two more Tums and absolve myself of this football game and the, <laughs> and the pit game, by the way. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you had, a, you had a bad weekend of football, man. Woo! You had a bad Robert, weekend of football. Robert asked who I'm picking for next Monday's game. You'll find out next Monday oh, yeah, when we get definitely. on the South Side Beat. But we have four more shows until that. He's Chris. I'm Corey. This has been the South Side Beat. Peace.